Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards, follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collects, C-O-L-L-X. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Welcome to TTM Cash, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. We're walking on on eggshells today, guys. Drew's internet is is spotty, so we're gonna try to stream through this and get and get it done because the show must go on, right, Drew? Yeah, we're just gonna blast through this and hope for the best and hope it doesn't drop anytime here. <laughs> it is season five, episode 18. We are in May, Drew, May 6th. You're listening to National Rank Sports Podcast, hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm joined, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, by Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. And he is, of course, on DW Graffer on YouTube. He is on social media at DW Graffer on twitter make sure you follow him hey buddy all right behind the scenes we're technically we got drew back but he is only on the phone so we're gonna we're gonna wing it guys so so this might not be our best ever podcast but we are gonna soldier on guys all right so now we have drew pelto my friend drew from dallas texas on the phone hey buddy if I ever meet anybody who works for spectrum I'm kicking them in the crotch I swear <laughs> oh man well, you yeah, know good, good to be here. Pretty, you know, it's just through the phone. I know you had you had a tough week, but we're gonna we're gonna soldier on. Technology is not our friend today, but we'll we'll still put on a great show, okay? Yeah, we'll we'll do what we can here. I mean, through the phone, but hey, at least it's something. All right. Well, I, let's talk about my week and your week. First of all, it was my wife. It was my wife and I's thirty second anniversary on uh, yesterday, five five, and uh, wow. I just want to wish my wife a. Uh, happy anniversary a couple things i picked up three blaster boxes of um bowman 23 20, 2023 bowman from target they're coming in the mail so i'm really excited about that the bowman blasters seem to be um better the, than the hobby boxes other than the autographs so i'm really looking forward to that have you had any got any blasters yet uh no i haven't i've been uh, looking around i didn't see any at target when i was there the other week but yeah i'm gonna keep my eyes out and, you know see if anything comes up when i'm there yeah, I understand Walmart is uh, flush with, with Bowman, so. Oh, good. Give it a try. Hey, also on eBay, I picked up a couple of rookie cards. I picked up the Fred McGriff uh, Donruss rated rookie card for, I think, 3 or $4, which I was very happy about. And then I was watching the Red Sox last night, and uh, Hensley Jansen saved another game, and they put up his career stats. And he has more saves than... than uh, Craig Campbell and, and just just about anyone else. And like, I wonder if this wow. guy's going to make the Hall of Fame. What do you think? I think he's got an outside chance. I mean, you're seeing a lot more closers get recognition for it lately. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's worth uh, worth worth keeping an eye on for sure. Well, I, I got his Bowman rookie card, 2010 Bowman rookie card for ready for this, a dollar ninety nine, and that was with free shipping. 
I couldn't pass nice. that up. That's and then nice. I'm going to pick up his yeah. 2000, his 2010 tops update card, which is like three or four bucks. I'm going to pick that one up as well. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a real solid price right there for those. Yeah. Take a chance on the guy. You never know if, I mean, if he, you know, he yeah. wins, uh, you know, he saves 30, 30 games, 35 games again this year. And I think he signed with the Red Sox for two or three years. So he could be, you know, I don't think he's going to get Billy Wagner uh, numbers, but he's pretty close. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're close to Wagner, I mean, Wagner's been getting a lot of Hall of Fame consideration. So that's, that's gets you right there, at least in the discussion. Yeah. And he's won a couple of World Series, right? Didn't he win a World Series with the Dodgers? And I think yeah. with, he, he, I, I know he was with the Braves. They did he, was he with them when they won the World Series as well? That I don't know. I know he's got that Dodgers one at least, but I don't, I don't think he was with the Braves for that one, but I could be totally wrong there. I mean, he's only been a relief pitcher basically his whole career. And right. he's, uh, I, Look at me trying to talk Kelsey Kensley Jansen into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm not. I'm trying to get not have buyer's remorse. You know. Right, right. I definitely get that. I'm looking. I'm pulling up his numbers right now, or trying to at least. And yeah, never mind. My internet's out again, so I can't pull his numbers up. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to see. You know, was he with the Braves there? But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. He might have been. Well, you know, how is your week? Because I know you you post a new video on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, I got the video posted up there. Uh, it's been decent. I uh, finally am getting my Canadian stamp in today. I was supposed to have them delivered yesterday. And while well, I was working and had my headphones in and didn't hear them knock on the door. So I have to go and pick them up at the post office tomorrow. But I'll at least get those and get some stuff mailed out here pretty soon, too. I uh, picked up an Ivan Herrera 2021 uh, Top Heritage Miners Auto off eBay. So got another one for the set there. Inching my way to the 50% mark on that. So that's been uh, pretty good right there. That is very good. Hey, how about your your friends at the post office? Did they deliver my package to you? No, they they still have not delivered it to me. And I'm wondering if I mean, I'm wondering if it's the same thing happened as when you tried to send that Fergie Jenkins rookie down here to get bounced back to you then or something. But I don't know. I, hope, I, I have hope no idea not. what's going on with them. Yeah. All right. Well, well. Uh, I don't know if I didn't I didn't put a a, a tracking number on anything. We'll have to. We'll have to. Hopefully, it'll, it'll get get back either you or me. In the next couple of days, because yeah. I sent that out probably the beginning of last week. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've had a few of them that have taken about a week or so for some reason. So All right. hoping maybe it gets here, you know, today or, or Monday or something. But yeah, you can I have to Fingers crossed. Well, guys, we, we uh, I just want to remind everyone on our Wednesday show, our TTM Cast 101, we had Bob Weiss from the NBA. He played uh, for a bunch of teams, including the 76ers, he, and he played with Will Chamberlain. And he was a coach for a bunch of teams as well. So we talk about his career. Make sure you check that out. This week on uh, today's show, we have Connor Walden from buysportscards.com. We've had him on the before. We're going to talk to him a little about the hobby and what's going on with his marketplace. And we have Clemente Lise looking at all the hockey playoffs. And we talk about all the hockey releases, including National Hockey League, uh, Hockey Card Day, and Tim Horton and all sorts of other cool stuff. So that is coming up. Saturday, next Saturday, we have Jeff Parker from Card Cradle and Les Wolf. And on next on Wednesday coming up, we are going to have Rich Miller. So that those are the guys coming up. Uh true. We also have all our regular segments, right? We do indeed. We've got a Baker's dozen. We're going to cover all of the news from the previous week across the hobby. Collector's Corner, as you mentioned, and of course Clemente Lisi, both uh, coming up during the show as well. Uh, Collector's Corner featuring Connor Walden. We've got Making the Grade. We'll cover everything in the world of uh, sports card grading. We've got our stamp approval where Jeff and I give our thumbs up to just about anything from the previous week. We both got some good ones this week, though, for it. 
the Burn Rap Minute, where we cover guests from the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing. If they've died, we'll let you know about it. And of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here are TTM returns. Very good, Drew. Even uh, with one hand tied behind your back, you can still do it better than any anyone in the country. <laughs> hey, I tried. Well, Drew, <laughs> We, we love to hear from our, our listeners. We're so happy for where our, our listener numbers are way up in April. I want to thank everyone. Hopefully you're enjoying the show and keep com- coming back. We love to hear from you. We also uh, have contests all the time. And uh, we just want to hear from you. So send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. He did it blind, guys. He did it blind. Good job, Drew. <laughs> I think, Drew, I think I'm that glad I was well, going to say, I'm just glad I don't have to rattle off that text message number anymore or anything like that. <laughs> I know. We, we made it simple, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, that wraps up our uh, all our housekeeping. We are going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there's always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. First, we want to welcome our new sponsor, Collects, Collects.app. They have uh, been with us for a couple of weeks now, and they're going to be with us all the way through the summertime. Uh, it is a great app. Make sure you check it out. They have all sorts of new stuff. In fact, I, I just saw they have a Collects um, shop where you can go buy T-shirts, hats, and, and uh, sweatshirts, and all sorts of cool Collects swag. So check that out. They are offering a $10 coupon uh, exclusively to TTM cast listeners. And you can use that in their, uh, in their swag store, or you can use that to purchase a card in their marketplace. So if you want to get $10, a free $10 towards anything and collects, all you have to do is just send me your name and your email address. Send it to TTMcast at yahoo.com. Put $10 coupon in the subject line. I am going to be compiling a, a list of names and send it to them every, every couple of weeks. So I am going to send my first um, set of names uh, on Monday. So if you want to send it out after that, no problem. Send me your name and your email address, and we will send you a $10 coupon that you can use at Collects app. All you have to do is download the Collects app, and you'll be able to access any of their stuff. It is available in the uh, the, the App Store and Google Play. So make sure you check that out. Collects, welcome to the family. We really appreciate your help. Oh, let's see here. We've got uh, some news from the uh, industry side of the hobby. We've mentioned it on our Wednesday show, but a couple of big things have uh, dropped here from some of the big companies with Beckett leading the way. Kunal Chopra, CEO, out officially at Beckett this week. Um, no word given as to why. The speculation is that it has to do with that uh, whole grading fiasco they had where uh, we can change some of the grading stuff and people went ape over that and uh, they said, okay, nope, we're not going to do that after all. And few weeks later, suddenly Chopra is out. So uh, it seems kind of like an overreaction to me, if that's the reason, but no official reason has been given there yet. Uh, PWCC also doing some cutting. They have laid off a quarter of their employees in an organizational revamp. So uh, 
yeah, some uh, job cut downs there throughout the hobby or throughout the industry side of it, at least. So interesting to see what's going to come of all of that among those uh, these two companies. Yeah, I guess um, I, I think you know, PWCC might have grown too fast, right? That's what we were thinking. And yeah. then it, it just got to have an organizational revamp. So we'll see how that comes out. Hey, we have some uh, auction news to report. Harry's Spring Sports Catalog Sale is running May 11th through the 13th. They have a ton of uh, Pele items, which is really cool. These like um, rare Pele items and a lot of other stuff. Check it out at ha.com. It's the Heritage Spring Sports Auction, uh, May 11th through the 13th. Uh, you still have time to bid, and Heritage always runs a great auction, so check that out. Uh, SPC had a big auction that uh, they just finished up here recently. Their spring auction had some uh, nice graded stuff that they had up for sale there, including a 1911 T205 gold border Christy Mathewson. If you don't know that T205 set, that was one of the most beautiful sets of the uh, tobacco era there. That Mathewson card was graded at a PSA 8, went for $214,579, the final price tag on that. So real nice. Uh, I mean, vintage stuff like that is always going to sell well, especially in high condition like that. Also, a 1961 baseball signed by JFK. So, uh, right there when he was first inaugurated there for the year on that one, $166,818 the price on that one. So, really cool stuff there in that SPC spring auction. PWCC had a big auction this week. They had a 1952 signed Mickey Mantle Tops card. Uh, it was signed in pen. It got a PSA 3. It went for $422,400. That's a 1952 signed. Uh, Top Mickey Mantle card. I'm sure there's not a lot of those out there. Also, one of five known signed 1952 Tops Jackie Robinsons went for $135,456, which is a pretty good deal, I think, for one of five known signed Jackie Robinsons. Drew, imagine trying to put together the 52 set signed. That would be, I mean, that's half a million dollars right there for those two cards. That that puts me out of the running on it. Yeah, me, me too, but it's still nice to think about, you know. Oh yeah, yep. we get some. That'll be that'll be my national. project once I hit Powerball. Yeah, I exactly. Know. We have some uh, new we've got uh, the national. Yeah, we do. We've got uh, several uh, signers have been added to the list. For any Philly fans out there, you've got Mike Schmidt and Allen Iverson both added to the list there. So a couple of Hall of Famers there from the Phillies and 76ers. A couple of the Hall of Famers in uh, Fred McGriff and Dan Marino both added to the signers as well. And for anybody with a VIP pass, we've added on Bob Dernier, former outfielder for the Phillies and the Cubs. Paul Popovich, Al Weiss. So uh, that VIP list starting to populate itself here. A little sad news, uh, not not death news, but but still sad that uh, he's no longer signing. Uh, Bob Cousy, the N- uh, NBA great Hall of Fame guard from the Boston Celtics, and he coached with uh, a few teams as well. And he was an announcer here in Boston for a, a while after that as well. And he was a great TTM or through the mail, signing through the mail. And he's he was always personalized, but it still is great to get him through the mail. Uh, Mr. Cousy, who's in his 90s now, is done signing as of uh, this week. So that's too bad, right, Drew? It is, yeah. He's a guy I never got at all. He had uh, seen on uh, sports uh, sports card forum or sportscollectors.net that he had started charging a lot here recently as well. So it seemed like he was trying to, you know, push for a cutback there. Now it looks like, yeah, just cutting it off completely. So sad to see that, but, I mean, it's, it's understandable. I mean, the guy's been signing probably, you know, what, 70 out of his 90 years on earth, I would bet. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of signed Bob Cousy items out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Drew, we have some new releases to let you guys know about. The 2022-23 Select Premier League Soccer is out. You get 12 packs of five cards per pack. You get three autos or memorabilia. And those are going for about $275. That's 2022-23 Select Premier League Soccer for $275. Well, for anybody who's a fan of the Panini USA Baseball sets, we've got the 2022-23 uh, Panini USA Baseball Stars and Stripes set is coming out. You can grab a box of that with uh, eight packs of five cards, including seven autographs or memorabilia cards in there. 100 cards total in the set, so you won't get, won't quite get half a set out of there, but you'll be able to, nice chunk to start off with. $72 there is going to be the price tag on that. That's seven autographs and memorabilia cards, though. That is a, uh, that's a real nice number right there. I agree with all those seven autographs for memorabilia. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, we just came out at a, a set at 2022-23 Panini, Panini Prism NBA Premium Box set. It's 301 cards in this complete set. Ready for the number, Drew? Drum roll. You want to do a drum roll on this one? 2500 $2,500. $2,500 for a brand new set, Drew. Yeah, I can see you running the store to get that one. Yeah, not quite. That's uh, that's a little outside my price range right there. But we've talked about before, though, how the price of Prism stuff has just been skyrocketing recently. And there, there's another uh, piece of evidence on it right there. I know you can't find even you can't find any Prism stuff retail. If they they go out on the shelves, they're gone before, you know, the first person that sees them takes them all. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez, that's yeah. <laughs> Got a Star Wars Chrome hobby box from Tops coming out here as well. Just a little bit after uh, May the fourth there, but uh, still it's out there to pick up. Um, where did my? It just disappeared off my screen. So give me one moment here. No, I can help you out. You get twenty four packs, four cards yeah. per pack, plus one auto, which is about one hundred and fifty dollars for the hobby box. That's Star Wars. From Hobby Box, which is 150 bucks. Yep. Well, Drew, we have some there we go. I got show it back news. up my screen now, so we're good. Okay, yeah. we got some show news to let you guys know about. There's a big Pittsburgh show, May 19th to the 21st, at the Monroeville Convention Center. Uh, obviously, uh, Pittsburgh uh, tilted show, right? We got Yarmy Yager, um, uh, Stallworth, and then nine baseball Hall of Famers, including Ricky Henderson, are going to be there. There's 340 tables. You go to my mainlineautographs.com. That's the big Pittsburgh show, May 19th to the 21st. Glad to see the mainline is involved. I bought a bunch of stuff from them at the National. They run a real, uh, real great uh, business there for sure. I agree. Yep. Uh, up in Boston, the Fenway Park Card Show. We've mentioned that on here a couple of times. I mean, how awesome would that be? You know, go to and see a classic ballpark and see a card show at the same time. Well, you can do that at Fenway, May 20th through the 21st. It's their second annual show, and they just announced some autograph signers as well. Um, unfortunately, I don't have that list in front of me. There's uh, I'll I've give, got the I'll give it to you. We got, we got there two, day, go. yeah. two day, it. It's a two-day show, uh, 20th and 21st. On Saturday the 20th, we're going to have Pedro, uh, David Ortiz, Rico, Petroselli, and Papelbon. I looked at the numbers. I think Pedro was about $180. Ortiz, I think, was $300. Rico was $20, and Papelbon was $50. On Sunday, they're going to have Tim Wakefield, Mike Timlin, Louis Tiant, Jose Canseco, Johnny Gomes, uh, Steve Pierce, and Brock Holt. So obviously a lot of Red Sox guys are going to be there. I think Wakefield was like $50. I think Tim Timlin was about the same. I think Tiant was about $20. Canseco is actually free with admission. 
You get a, you can get oh, a free wow. Jose Canseco autograph uh, with your admission ticket. Uh, Johnny Gomes, Pierce, and Holt were all um, like between thirty and fifty dollars. I I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they you know they they're all uh, there. There was no restrictions. They're gonna they'll have uh, photo opportunities with all these guys. So uh, it's a, it's a great show, a great place to to see a show at Funway Park. It's May twentieth through the twenty fifth, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, Sticking with us through our technical difficulties, yeah. right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. That uh, you mentioned Brock Holt being there. I've actually got a card I need by him, but I don't know if I can do that thirty dollars price tag. I'll have to, I'll have to consider it though and keep an eye yeah. out. Yeah, I think they're doing mail-ins as well. So yeah, okay. Just put in Fenway uh, Card Show and then you, in your your search, and then there's a page that comes up and has all the information right there. Perfect. I'll do that if I ever get my internet back to stable again. <laughs> I'll check it out. All right, boys. Well, that closes up Baker's Dozen for the week. And next up is going to be Clemente's World. With Clemente Lisi, of course. Well, Clemente mm-hmm. and I talked. We, we talked on, uh, we spoke on Thursday. And we talked a little um, ho- uh, hockey playoffs. We kind of picked the winners of, of each uh, series. We're down to the final eight. We talked a little about my Bruins and his Rangers getting knocked out. We also talked about hockey collectibles and and uh just uh, clemente really knows his hockey so uh please enjoy uh clemente's world with clemente lise if it's soccer hockey or collectibles it's in clemente's world it's time for clemente's world with clemente lise have you created your sports cards with csg yet there's no better time than now every authenticated sports card arrives in the hobby's best holder CSG is known for their expertise, integrity, and world-class service. Get your sports cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. All right, guys, welcome to Clemente's World. It's time to talk a little hockey with Clemente Lise. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Good. Great to be back. Can you first let's start first? Can you believe Boston, New York, Colorado, and Tampa are all out of the playoffs? Yeah, if, if you have one major theme, it's it's upsets. And um, it can't be good for the league to have those big teams all out at the same time. I'm not surprised though. It's the, the playoffs are a lot more competitive than I thought, and the lower seeds have played a lot better than I ever imagined. So it's not all that shocking. It's just that it all happened in one. Uh, one round and and also yeah the Bruins and the Avalanche eliminated hours apart on the same night yep a lot of series that I thought would last four or five games went all seven so it, it you know it says a lot about the parity of the league it's good in that sense that that no team is safe that anybody could be eliminated but I you know it's I wonder if the rest of the playoffs will have the viewership that the first round had as a result yeah I don't know you know what uh, Drew and I were talking the other day now you're looking at a potential what Carolina Edmonton final. You know, I mean, what 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 does that do for the league? Yeah, the league doesn't want that. They want the big market teams, at least one of them. You know, and the Bruins was, was a great story. The Rangers are a great story. Tampa's a great story. I was looking at the at the brackets and wondering, you know, would a would a Toronto Edmonton All Canada final be fun? Um, remains to be seen. But yeah, I, right. But does anyone does anyone in L.A. or or, or uh, Miami, do they care about an Edmonton Toronto? No, but, but nobody would care about a Panthers Kraken 
Stanley Cup finals either. And so I know it's you look at the teams left and it's like, I guess they're rooting for maybe Toronto, Dallas. Yeah, you want you want teams that have the big names. So Edmonton is not a big market, but it does have Connor McDavid, obviously. So that's a good storyline. And that's almost Gretzky Gretzky esque. But you're right. Um, the big markets, New York, LA, Boston, they're the, the big American markets are gone. So Remains to be seen. I mean, people like you and I are going to keep watching, even though I will say the Oilers late, uh, the Oilers Kings series kept me up into the night. Many, I know. Wasn't that a great series? That was probably to me the best series of all because it really was exciting. Um, they were too evenly matched. The Kings played a lot better than I thought they were going to play. Um, and it's just fun to watch uh, McDavid and Drysidle. Well, I know he's so good. I mean, he's he scored four goals in, in the first game and they lost. Right. right. So yeah, I, I suspect that the um Oilers uh Vegas series will also be one of these late nights for us East Coast people. So yeah, um do, you know, you're down in that area. Does New Jersey get any respect at all in the no, in the tri-state area? That's really unfortunate. You know, all three New York teams, New York area teams made it the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Devils, which I, I think really got the metropolitan area excited for hockey. I went to the Hofstra show and there was a lot of hockey at that show, I think because all three of those teams we're in the playoffs, but you're right. The Devils, you know, is is it's close to New York, but there aren't that many fans in New York City. They're almost in, in North Jersey, because South Jersey is all Flyers fans. So yeah, I do think it's unfortunate of of the three that the Devils are the ones alive. I mean, they've won cups in the past, right? But, but you, you just don't get that feeling in the in, in New York City anyway that that the local team is there, and so it's a small market. I mean, just look at the example, like when the Rangers won the Stanley cup in 94, the ticker tape parade was amazing. And then, you know, the devils win the Stanley cup and they drive around the, the old Brendan Byrne arena. You know, so <laughs> It's not the same. It's, it feels very small market, but having said that devils have been an interesting franchise for a few decades now, they just don't get the respect that they should. Yeah. And I think it might be kind of their style of play, right? The Lou Lamorello defensive, you know, don't make any mistakes. And, uh, control the neutral zone and uh, they're not that an exciting team you know they don't then you know, the rangers the bruins they score goals they, the the devils they play that i don't know trap style that isn't very exciting to watch yeah no it doesn't help but but it's interesting because the nhl i think you know the small market teams are really the lifeblood of the league but it doesn't get the eyeballs nationally and that's sort of something that the league is is having to have to deal with now for, for a few decades now. But having said that, the playoffs are always very exciting. And for hockey fans, it's it's as good as it gets. And you know what's funny is usually a goalie will will become hot, right, and carry a series. But I don't think that happened in any of the early series. Would you oh, agree? It's funny you say that. So, you know, I have my list of the five players who are up, um, six players who are up, whatever. But you're right. I, I was hard-pressed to put a goaltender on that list. The only one that I think could have been on the list had the Rangers won the series was Lundqvist. I mean, uh, Lundqvist, uh, um, Shesterkin, because he actually made a lot of saves, but the offense for the Rangers didn't help him. Right, they didn't show up, really. They didn't show up, you know, and, and, and it's a shame because the Rangers spent a lot of money at the trade deadline to bring in some big names to score lots of goals, and it didn't happen. So Shesterkin had a good series, as good as he could, but you're right, no team is being carried by goaltenders. It's a lot of scoring. It's a lot of forecheck. It's a lot of pressing and, and, and pushing in the offensive zone. And I do think that makes for more exciting hockey, but you're, it's right. I haven't seen that goaltender, you know, kind of on his head making all the big saves. Um, so we'll see if that develops in the later rounds, but. Right. I mean, that, that used to him. Remember Mike quick with the, the Kings, he went, he went off and there's always seems to be one goaltender that carries a series, but 
Um, I don't see any of these guys really. Anything, yeah. If anything, I think goaltenders hurt their teams, like Olmark not having playoff. Oh, experience. He's, he was he was really bad. Right, him not having playoff experience showed, and so in, in a way, it's kind of the opposite. In, in this season, this year, it's interesting. You know, you go into any playoffs with storylines, and then they often are flipped on their head. So it's interesting how that that works out. Well, all right. Well, let, let we get we got four series left. You want to pick, want to pick some winners, and then we'll talk about some players that that we should watch. From a collectible standpoint, yeah, certainly. All right, so we got Florida, Toronto. Florida's up one game, game to nothing. We are uh, recording this on May fourth, so it'll be play. We'll play on the sixth, so it's it's pretty close to when when uh, people are going to be listening to it. So okay. we got Florida coming off. I don't know how they got in the playoffs, and then they they were they were fantastic against the Bruins, and then they look great in the game one against Toronto. So what do you think, Florida or Toronto? You know, I picked Toronto. I think Toronto has the offense, but I think Florida is. Like a Cinderella team, I wouldn't. Root They're playing like a team, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think I would go with Florida. You know, it might go seven games, but I go, I go Florida. And Toronto always finds a way to mess things up. So you know, that, don't they? I, I didn't expect them to come out of the first round, but they did. Don't, don't underestimate their ability to screw things up. So yes, I, I say Florida. You know. All right, we got New Jersey and Carolina. I think it stops here for New Jersey. I think Carolina's. I think I think Carolina's the best team left out of the eight. I think in the East, yeah, Carolina is the best. I, I agree. I think Carolina will win. The Devils will, might give them a hard time, but I think Carolina will. What do you think, six games? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right, we got Edmonton, who I can't believe they lost to Vegas in the first round. Vegas was a pesky team. They are. They're they are a very good team. They they gave the Bruins a lot of problems during the season. Um, but in Edmonton, boy, can they skate. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I think Edmonton's going to win it in the long, long run. What do you think? I think so, but I think seven games. I think it'll go seven. Yep. And how about Dallas, Seattle? Seattle won the first game, surprisingly. I, I, I thought Dallas was a better team, but Seattle is playing uh, really well. Seattle's my dark horse. They were last time we had our call, and I said I think Seattle would would win that first round. I think Seattle will do it. I think just the energy of a new team, and they they you know they have all four lines playing really well. I don't know. I just feel like Seattle could push that out. But that that also might go six or seven, which means we're in for a very long you know. Uh, round here right so do you think is seattle uh, against carolina uh, for this for the cup is that what you're looking at that would be interesting i i really want to see edmonton in the in the finals i do i do too because i do i mean you know they're they're a club that a franchise that never you know doesn't get the respect because of the market but because of that you know 80s gretzky and then you have mcdavid now i think those guys are trying to sort of relive that it would be amazing for edmonton to win the stanley cup and and for mcdavid it would be pretty amazing i mean you probably have the best player of his generation probably top five all time but you gotta win a cup i that's my feeling you gotta win it you know you don't want to be the dan marino of hockey right you're right i think he needs to he needs to uh to win it and and look they came close last year they got to the conference finals i think they'll get to the final but I can't say if they're going to win it. I do think Carolina, <laughs> Carolina will be, I think Carolina will make it on the other end. I agree. I agree. Hey, uh, all right. What are your top five? Who are the top five players that, that have, um, so, you know, helped, I, helped I, you help, let's say help themselves on as a collectible, right? Yeah. So, you know, the NHL has many, uh, individual trophies they give out, but they should give out the Ryan Dangerfield award to Leon Dreisaitl. This is a player who is phenomenal. He scores two, three goals a game. You know, know. boy, is he good, huh? fast he's amazing but he's a second fiddle he's a, a role player because mcdavid takes up all the oxygen and mcdavid's values are, are ridiculous but dry values are not that high i'll give you an example i bought his young guns card maybe three years ago raw for eighty dollars 
It's not that much money. I was looking at the last comps the last month, and he's about at 200, 225 raw. Okay. That's really affordable for a base Young Guns rookie card. So, he, but his value has gone up in the last month by about $100, but it's sure. not where that card should be $1,000 or $500, whatever, but it's not. And so I do think that he is, his stock is going up. If they win the cup, I think his stock will go up and people will realize that there's more to just McDavid and Edmonton. Um, yeah. I mean, he might make, he might get the playoff uh, MVP if, if they win it. Yeah. He's a, right. He's definitely a Con Smythe guy. If, if they win it. Yeah. The other guy, you know, Austin Matthews, everyone talks about him in Toronto, Mitch Marner. I think, you know, he had a great series. He had the most points of anybody on his team in that series in the first round against Tampa. Um, his young guns card, 150 to $200 range. If you want to get his OPG marquee rookie card, it's even, it's half the price. Okay. Still a good buy. Um, you know, in Toronto, they're all stars in the sense that, you know, it's a big hockey town. They love their players. But Austin right. Matthews, again, takes up all the oxygen in the room there. So you want to buy somebody else? Mitch Marner, I think his stock has gone up. How about Kachuk from uh, Florida? Yeah. So Matthew Kachuk, you know, if Florida wins it, he's the Con Smythe winner, I think. Um, you know, he managed 11 points against uh, the Bruins. You know, five of those were goals. But yeah, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, you look at his Young Guns card 2016-17, you could buy that raw right now for $40 to $60. That's a steal. I would get that now because if he wins the Conn Smythe, they win the cup, that's going to triple quadruple, I think. How about anyone uh, on uh, uh, Vegas if Vegas ends up? So on Vegas, you know, I really do like Mark Stone. I do think he had a great series. Um, you know, I looked up his Young Guns card, 2012, 2013. He's been in the league 10 years, if you can believe it. Wow. You can get his Young Guns card raw, $40. I mean, it's crazy how people in the sport, in hockey, like other sports, they gravitate towards the McDavid's, the Ovechkin's, the Sidney Crosby's, and all these other guys just get totally forgotten second tier. Now, hockey collectors will buy those cards, of course, but not everyone's buying them. And that's great. But I do think his card will go up in value, just like Sebastian Ajo at, at the Hurricanes. I think I, I, I went to a show this past weekend, and, and we'll talk shows in a little, little bit. But the guy had a box of car, a big box of cards, Bruins cards, ten cents a piece, and I pulled a Bergeron rookie card, Hot Prospects rookie card for a dime. <laughs> yeah, I just think that a lot of people who are, you know, whether you're a dealer or you're a collector. They just think it's just these three, four guys and everybody else is dime box or quarter or dollar. And that's not true. I mean, the values go up and down in the playoffs, but I'll give you an example. If a Sebastian Ajo wins the cup and his Young Guns card 2016-17 is about $100 now, it could go up a couple hundred dollars. This is, if this is a team and a player that could sustain that for a few years, that becomes a household name. That value goes up. So she right. uh, But hockey guys like us, we're looking to buy – you know, there's more to the hobby than just McDavid. I mean, otherwise, if you just want to buy McDavid, you can't you can't afford his cards. So, right. You know, right. So we need to diversify. These are people who, for example, just go out and buy one hockey card. So they get the Gretzky rookie or the McDavid rookie, and that's all they do. So this is, you know, the playoffs are a really great marker to see where players are. But also interesting how these guys I just mentioned, they're all superstars, but they could be had for less than $100 raw. That's pretty amazing. And I really do think that people – need to go out there, diversify their portfolio, if you want to call it that, and look at the other names and, and get on there. Because usually if you see in baseball, other sports, you go on eBay the night of these games and you see cards jumping up in value really quickly. I noticed with hockey, it's just a slow progression. It goes right. up very slowly because the eyeballs are not on, especially in the United States. Now, right. It's like when James Harden goes off for 50 points against the Celtics, his card goes up incrementally. 
Right, right. Now you have to wonder on eBay Canada what those prices are. And right, they're a little higher on eBay Canada. But I'm saying eBay, the United States, eBay, it's there's lots of deals. So definitely get out there. Well, you went to the Hofstra show in uh, New York uh, two weekends ago now, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. How, how was that? Did, did you first did you see Adam Sandler running around? No. And I don't know if he was there Saturday or Sunday. I was there Saturday, just Saturday. And okay. I was surprised at how packed the place was. Uh, lots of hockey. Um, very busy. And, you know, the, the really way to really get a gauge for the hobby is to go to shows like that. Because looking at comp prices on eBay or, or, or doing most of your shopping on the internet doesn't tell you what people are interested in. There were a lot of people there, a lot of kids, a lot of moms with kids, a lot of dads, a lot of, you know, a lot of signers. It was really hopping. It really, it really is. a If it's a prelude to what we'll see at the national, it's pretty, you know, the, I know people say the hobby has softened a bit. You couldn't tell at this show, to be honest. Um, yeah. See, and- I was at a show this past weekend on Saturday, like you, and the, the, uh, the crowds were down. They okay. said they had a thousand people there on Saturday and fifteen hundred on Sunday. So the crowds were down, and it was nice because it was you could shop. Right. Yeah. I wonder if the Hofstra show is is not a good marker because four hundred tables. That's a that's a lot of tables. A lot of that's details. a lot of tables. Yeah. The one I went to, I think they had two hundred and seventy tables. Right. Right. So you know, it was good. I got to meet Les. We chatted a bit and yep. uh, I bought from him too. So it was good to see people, talk to people. You know, I think the hobby is all about talking to people, right? That's why I love the national, you know, you can't do that on eBay. So, um, so, so. did you, did you go looking for a specific uh, card or you just kind of what, what caught your fancy? I was just looking and you know, in the end of the day, I was able to pick up some hockey and I was surprised that I could. And I did pick up the, a lot front years rookie raw um, from series two. I only had the series one. Right. And um it was about $80. Okay, good. That was a really good deal. And then I got his um, marquee rookie card from Mopichi from the same year, his rookie year. And that was also, I think, $20. So nice. That's a good deal. Some good deals to be had out there. Um, it was really good. And then from Les, I bought an autograph. You know, I've been trying to get, you know, TTM of um, certain players. I mean, just Some guys don't TTM or they do it erratically. But I was able to get a Nate Archibald 1978 Tops card and a PSA DNA slab. And Les oh, sold- cool. And it was nice um, to get him because I do like the New York basketball guys, but it was also nice to um, support, you know, people we know in the hobby and, um, you know, throw some money their way. So I think it's really important that, you know, you don't just talk about the hobby, but you also spend some money and, and encourage people to do the same. I think it really helps. Um, yeah, it's, it, I agree. It's fun to do that. We had National Hockey Card Day. Uh, it was two weekends ago now, right? Two weekends ago now. Same day as a show, off the show. Yeah, yeah my, my, um, my local card store did not, do national hockey card day which i don't know why you, they had in the past but they didn't do it how how did you find it did you find anything at the show or did you go to a card store so yeah the, you know it's very disappointing on national hockey card day turns out in the past i have gone to shows the same day and the shows never have it because it's just not equipped upper deck isn't there to do it but on my way back from the show i went to my lcs uh and they only one i know in new york that has a deal with upper deck a retailer and i got a few packs there um, but it's funny because they, they get so few people buying hockey. If you go there even a week later, they'll have packs laying around. They'll give you more. So I went twice. I went back a couple of days later and bought some more stuff. And I said, you know, I'll buy some of these from you. And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, just take them. So I pretty much had the, the base set and I had, oh, some, nice. I, I had some extras that I then sent to Drew. Um, Did you get any uh, autographs? No, no, oh, no. I just got all the base ones and I was happy with that, particularly the rookie ones I like to have. Um, but they had, of course, a couple of legends in there, including Gretzky and Lemieux. So, 
Yeah, I was, I was really upset. My local card store, they, usually they do it, but for some reason they didn't do it this year. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Upper Deck's website has a list of all the retailers. So it's always, I always tell people, check there first. Of course, you can buy them on eBay. It's not as fun. And the prices are a little inflated early on. I'm sure if you wait a bit, maybe you'll see some at the National. That's another place. And maybe they'll end up in those dime boxes in the future. Yeah, maybe. How about um, the Tim Horton release? Have you, did you, have you gotten any uh, cards from the Tim Horton set or? I have not, and I, I I so wish that Tim Horns in, in the United States did something like that. I know. Only in Canada. This is a special legend series, so you have all like Lemieux, Gretzky, all the big names. It's an interesting concept. I know they do their their normal set back in the fall. Um, I know there's rumors that people in upstate New York and on the border can get them, but I, I never gotten my hands on Tim Hortons. It's funny. I've never I've never been able to buy them, um, and they're just too expensive on eBay, and so I just don't touch them. Um, I know. I'm waiting for some of my uh, Canadian listeners to come through with some packs because the packs are only a dollar a piece. <laughs> yeah. And if, if not the packs, just some Tim bits or something, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the album's really cool. I, I guess it's a $20 album that you can get as well. So, um, yeah, I will say this if you go to the Toronto Sport Expo, there's like tons of that stuff there. Oh, I'm sure. And I didn't touch it because I just couldn't carry it all back. So I didn't touch it, but they have albums full and, you know, and not, it's not as fun as opening the packs and getting donuts. I mean, that's a great. That's a great marriage. If they're, I agree. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe you know, maybe someone should have an LCS idea to have like a donut shop slash. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. But anyways, it's a great combination. I just wish that there were more retailers in the United States, whether it was McDonald's or or Dunkin' Donuts or somebody else who did that, because I do think it would be fun. It would be accessible, and I think it would do well. It hasn't just it hasn't picked up traction here. So. I know you would think with the the Dunkin' Donuts with the. the um some northeast stores you know boston new york and stuff that they would pick that up because it would be a natural for them yeah absolutely um i know mcdonald's did some stuff years ago um and you can get some hockey cards then but they haven't done anything with it since and i think upper deck has to make that deal with those with those shops so maybe maybe someone's listening and and we'll i know you know you know hockey cards are like a a fifth class citizen now behind soccer and wrestling and (laughs) yeah maybe maybe behind formula one even maybe yeah yeah, definitely definitely we we love them though. It's hockey hockey cards are so cool. Andy, have you gotten any um series two? Have you gotten any of the upper yeah, series two? two. Uh, I got I got some series two uh, blasters. Uh, my target the other day had for only five dollars. They had the fat packs. Oh wow! So I bought four of them. Warning: It's like ninety nine point nine percent base, but it's okay. You know, I got like one young guns card of like a nobody in in you know out of one hundred twenty cards. So you don't you're not gonna get any inserts or anything you know it's a lot of base and a lot of duplicates yeah if you're looking to create your base set and you want to trade off it's fine and for five dollars a fat five dollars for 40 cards or whatever it was i know you can't you really can't go wrong you can't go wrong and so you know and it's funny i went to my target uh, in new york and they had nothing but pokemon and hockey and i'm like i love this so (laughs) no basketball no football no baseball all sold out but hockey it was there very cool. Hey, you you wrote a really interesting article in Sports Collectors Digest this month on uh, rookie cards of guys, um, you know that that made it here in the United States, but were also stars in other countries like Otani, Luka Doncic, uh, Ovechkin. They had cards printed in their home country before they they actually had U.S. cards. But as a hobby, we don't really re- recognize those cards, right? Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of interested in that when I was at the National. I remember seeing a guy who just sold baseball cards but just Japanese baseball cards mm-hmm. like, that's kind of cool and I'd love to get into that more and I thought oh wouldn't it be cool to to collect baseball cards of Japanese players who came to America then you know 
Um, I haven't done that, but I was really curious about researching that topic. And Otani has a lot of cards prior to coming here. I thought, well, these really are his rookie cards, if you think about it. I mean, he was playing professionally there. They're interesting. They look really cool. Some of them are numbered. They're fairly affordable on eBay. Um, They can go high if they're slabbed. I think people realize that they're so unique, so rare. Um, But Ovechkin, same thing. He's got a card that was made in Russia years ago. And I just thought it was interesting to put together a list of, you know, top 10 cards of, of these big stars that really had cards prior to that. We as an American hobby don't see that, but I know in soccer we do. For example, if a player has a sticker from, you know, five years ago, his sticker might not be worth as much as a card that came out a couple of years later, but that sticker really is his rookie. And so now that soccer is becoming more um, into cards, we're getting away from that. But if you want to get older players, you have to get the sticker. Same thing for sometimes in hockey and in, in other sports. So it's interesting to, to go on that list and look at some of the names. But the big ones, like you mentioned, Otani, Ovechkin, those are the big names of players like, hey, these guys had cards prior to, uh, and, you know, other players like Hideo Nomo or a bunch of other Japanese players who really started coming to America in the 90s. Um, right, Ichiro and Matsu- Ichiro, Matsui. Matsui, all those guys who we remember, you know, as being great athletes. Um, and I think if you're looking for something different, I think it might be fun to try to find those. Did you pick up any of the cards before you wrote your article? I did not. And it's interesting you say that because a lot of people have said to me in the past, oh, you write about stuff because you want to pump it. I said, no, I don't do that. I go, I write about stuff that's interesting. And I go, half the time I write about cards I don't even own. I don't even buy them. Drew and I do the same thing. We start we start talking about like, oh, these these are the three cards we like. And, and like, Drew, do you own those? No. Yeah, yeah, you know, those, no. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that it's actually I should be doing I should be doing the opposite. I'm actually if I am pumping them, I'm hurting myself because, you know, and I don't think that what I write, I mean, you know, maybe I'm being too humble, but I don't think that what I write is going to pump the market. I mean, now, if you're a YouTuber with a million views, sure, maybe. But I mean, if that's the case, then people can't talk about cards ever because there's this sinister idea behind it. So all right. those cards, cards on that list, I don't own any one of those. No, no, no. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like us, Clemente. Because I, I think you're cool, that's all. Drew and I Drew and I on our radio show, we used to have this the, the big three we used to call it. And uh, it'd be the three cards we really we really thought was was good investment. You know, we'd give rookie cards all this stuff. And I go, Drew, do you have any of those? No, I don't have them. Jeff, do you have any of those? No, I don't have any of those. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> So what what's what do you have planned for your next article for Sports Collectors Digest and, and how are we doing on the um, soccer newsletter? Yeah, so I don't have anything in the digest coming up. I do have my May column and Puck Junk will come out soon. Oh, and good. What's going to be about? Going to be about I I basically previewed it here the the six players whose values went up. Oh, so, good. So, so that'll come out soon. Um, and then you know that's basically it in terms of what I have uh, going for the hobby. And then yeah. Planet Soccer is still growing. Uh, my April numbers are very good. The subscriptions are going up. So planetsoccer.substack.com. We, I cover MLS, the leagues in Europe, the U.S. men's and women's national teams. I have a Monday newsletter called Soccer Monday. You know, if you're interested did, in soccer. Did you see the, the Prism Premium uh, Premier League Soccer that just came out the other day? Is there anything to that? Yeah, it's a good set. It's, it's, um, it's pricey, I will say. It is pricey. Yeah, for seven hundred twenty dollars, I think, for a hobby box prism. I would, I would wait until if you want to buy individual cards or even a complete base set. I can see that going for like a hundred bucks, like in a month or two. What I did buy this month was I bought um, the new Donruss soccer came out. Um, okay, twenty two, twenty three. I really love getting these soccer cards of these 
new and upcoming players with the rated rookie logo on that. I think rated rookie is, I mean, we remember that from baseball, right? From yeah. The 80s and 90s. I love the rated rookie. And you too. Yeah. It's a, it's a lost treasure, I think. Yeah. It's a forgotten so, treasure. Yeah. So if I can get a prism rookie of a f- soccer player, that's great. But if I can get a rated rookie Donruss card, I'll, I'll take that any day just because of the look. And no, so, why? Because we, we remember that from the 90s. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was always like, oh, a rated rookie. I, you know, yeah. I just picked up a Fred McGriff rated rookie card just because I didn't have it. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was walking, I was walking down the street about a year ago in New York, and a guy had a T-shirt just said rated rookie in the same font. And I'm like, hey, rated rookie, Don Russ. And the guy, like, smiled at me. Like, like you get it. You know, but a lot of people don't know what that is. But I think it's cool that that Don Russ and the Panini brand still use that. I think I think it's it's, it's cool. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I have a soft spot for rated rookie cards. I think that I always think, you know, I like that rated rookie. If it's on it, I I, I want it. I don't know why. I think nostalgia. You're right about that. Yeah, it must be. Well, Clemente, please, guys, check Clemente out. Follow him. He is on Twitter at Clemente Lise. He is also on, you're on Instagram, right? No, just Twitter. Not Instagram? Oh, Instagram. I always told my family, I, I can only manage one or one account at a time. <laughs> All right, follow Clint on Twitter. Also, make sure you read his articles on Puck Junk, his monthly articles on Puck Junk. He also has our uh, articles in Sports Collectors Digest just about every month. You've been going just about every month, I think. About every other issue, yeah. And of course, your book, your World, the World, World Cup, the history of the World Cup, the best, the best book out there. Mm-hmm. Um, getting some numbers. I don't have any numbers now, but that's still out there in Amazon world. If you want it, you know, it's, it's either there or at the dollar rack at your local book. <laughs> but it's out there. It's out there. And so Do we have, are we working on another book yet? Did we, something formulated? I almost feel like I have to do one just for you. Cause you keep asking, no, nothing formulated yet. I know the I'd world- love to see a hockey book. We, you know, yeah. So yeah, remember, Stan, remember Stan Fisher used to put out a hockey book yeah. every week. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's great. You know, I've actually spoken to him. He's, he's like the hockey historian, a lot of almost forgotten. But yeah, no, I think we need a good hockey book. I, maybe yeah. there's got to be something out there. Maybe there's something, with, something about either with goalies or, or defunct teams. I, I like, I love the California Golden Seals and the Cleveland Barons and all the, the Kansas City Scouts and all the teams that we don't have anymore. It's very niche, but I think it's small, but it's very rabid. The fan base is very rabid. You know, for, for the size it is, it's, it's very loud and that it's people are very passionate about it. it. You know, because I think. Hockey is such a big deal in Canada, like soccer is in Brazil. I do think that that spills over to like the Northeast. Like we, we're lucky we're in Boston, New York, you know, like walking around my neighborhood in Brooklyn, people have Rangers flags hanging up. Yeah. Not, not anymore, but they did, you know, <laughs> and that tells you that there's people that really care about hockey. And then, so it, it's out there, you know, um, they're very vocal. They're smaller, but more vocal, I think, than baseball or football, for example. But um, yeah, maybe there's a hockey book out there. I don't know. You know, I have to. I'm still. I'm still thinking. You know. I know. I know. It, 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 when after you write a book, you have to kind of breathe, right, and de- oh, decompress. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that I'm. I'm realizing that decompression is taking longer than I thought it might. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, enjoy the hockey playoffs. Uh, when do you want to talk? You want to talk in two weeks, three weeks? What What, what would you like to do? We'll talk if you want. We can talk uh, uh, early June. Early June. Okay, we'll be probably Stanley Cup finals are pretty close to it then. Um, and then we can talk any soccer stuff that's going on. I and say that, uh, I say that, Jeff, only because I will be spending the last two weeks of May in Italy. So, Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping to catch some soccer games while I'm there with my daughter and my dad. And have some good food. And some, Yeah, it's all about the food, the soccer, and uh, and maybe I'll find some collectibles along the way. I'll, I'll report back. Yeah, that'll be good. And then we and we can also we'll, the, we can national be kind of right on the horizon too, so we can talk yeah, a little national. 
reminds me of 2019, I covered the Women's World Cup uh, for the New York Daily News, and I was watching the NHL playoffs at like two in the morning, Paris time, <laughs> in French, by the way. I think oh, that must have been interesting. Canadian feed, watching the St. Louis Blues win the championship across the ocean. So I might be watching some really late night hockey if I if I'm if I'm there and watching. Yeah, hockey. I don't I don't think we ever want to have another home game seven at the Garden anymore because we're owing we're owing to the last two game sevens for the Bruins. It's funny because I think sometimes um, home, being home is not positive. It could be a negative. Sometimes being on the road is better. Yeah, th- this one hurt though. They they had it with with the, a minute left and they let it. Well, I know you were away. you were texting me and you called it. You called. I it. saw it. They weren't. They were playing. Uh, they were playing back the whole time. You know your team, so yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy, be good, and uh, we will talk to you next month. Thank you. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, Drew Clemente is a great addition to the show, don't you think? Absolutely is. I mean, he also does stuff with uh, Puck Junk there with Sal Barry, who's another friend of the show. So, yeah, I mean, he's really involved in the hobby. We've got him for soccer. We've got him for hockey. Great to have him on board all the time. I agree. So, Clemente, thank you. We will have Clemente on uh, beginning of June. We're going to have him on next. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. Sponsored by Collects, the free app that shows you the value of your card collection. Scan and catalog your cards follow other users, and buy and sell with other collectors. That's Collects, C-O-L-L-X. Well, this week we, I spoke with Connor Walden, who is the uh, founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com. Drew, remember when we, we brought Connor on the first time? I think they were it just hit a million cards in their marketplace, right? Yeah, something like that, yep. Well, now they're, he's at like 6.4, 6.5 million. Wow. So... His, mar- his marketplace has grown. It's a nice alternative to eBay. And we talked to Connor about his marketplace, what he has plans for the marketplace. We also talked to him about the, the state of the hobby. So please enjoy uh, my interview with Col- Connor Walden. All right, guys, we have a special guest today. His name is Connor Walden. He is founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com. We spoke to Connor last June, right around, right before the na- the national, and I think they had just hit a million cards listed. Now, guys, they have six, almost six and a half million cards. We we held we held Connor to when he hit ten, he was going to come on again, but you know what? He's they're doing such a great job. Connor, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Well, I should say welcome back, right? Yep. <laughs> So, you know, you've, you've had a really a huge growth in the last last year since we last talked. Um, why don't you just run down? People might not know what BuySportsCards.com uh, is about and, and what are some of the features that, that would bring people to your marketplace? Sure. So, yeah, really, the idea behind BuySportsCards.com, you know, I'm, I'm a collector. And one of the biggest things I think uh, that's a motivation for building something that's difficult and takes time is something that you'd actually want to use. Um, and that's really was the motivation for BuySportsCards.com. I thought that there would probably be an easier way to buy and sell cards online. Generally, the stuff that I collect is on the lower end of the market, you know, stuff that's less than about $100, even a lot of the times less than, you know, $5, $10. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, you know, places like eBay aren't necessarily streamlined for that type of activity, uh, whether that be listing the cards or, you know, trying to kind of build a collection in, in some cases. And so we wanted to build a site that was more tailored towards sports cards. Uh, for both collectors that are buying and selling online. And we've had a lot of great um, growth over the first year of the business, and we're excited to see what 2023 brings. How many registered users do you guys have now? Yeah, so we're in the tens of thousands right now. 
on users. And so that, that was one of the things that's grown probably about 10x since the last time uh, that we were on this podcast. And we're excited and hoping as we get towards the end of the year that that number hopefully can get closer to 100,000. When we spoke last June, you guys did not um, have a buyer's uh, seller fee. Correct. Uh, yeah. On the site. And when, when we spoke, you were kind of, I don't know how long this is going to go, but we're going to try to hold it. Now we're, we're, we're a year later and, and there's still no uh, seller fee on buysportscards.com. How, how have you been able to, to keep that uh, as a feature? Yeah. So that's something that we're really glad that we've been able to keep and kind of the idea behind it in the first place was ultimately in a hobby like this, uh, word of mouth is your best friend. You know, if you're doing a good job and collectors see that you're motivated and going in the direction that they'd like you to, they'll be the best evangelist for what you're doing. So we've kept the site free to allow new people to try the site. And our idea is that we think we built something really good. So once they try it out, um, with it being such a low barrier to entry, we think they'll like what they see and hopefully stay. And so it's something that we've done for a long time. Uh, you know, I have the benefit that I have a couple other business interests um, that I'm able to self-fund the business through that way. So, you know, at this point, it's still not something that we need to have fees. Um, you know, we really like kind of the growth that we're getting uh, through the word of mouth and, you know, kind of the hook being the 0% fees and, you know, them staying for everything else. So I, I expect, honestly, maybe even through the end of this year, we still may have no fees. And then at that point, maybe introduce a couple percent, but it's kind of fluid at the moment. Sure. One of the cool things about your site and, and, and your competitors have trouble with is listing a lot of cards uh, fairly quickly. And that's one thing that you guys have uh, built into the site. Um, has that been the, one of the biggest selling features for uh, new sellers coming to, into the site? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, one of the things that we actually introduced shortly after the last time I was on the podcast is what we call our bulk upload feature. And, you know, really one of the benefits and kind of the backbone in some cases to our website is the fact that we have a lot of checklist data. So we have the checklist on about 15 million cards, which is nearly all cards uh, for sports cards that have been created almost going back 150 years. And one of the benefits of having that data is when you go to list a card, we're already able to pre-populate the sport, the year, the set, player, card number, team, you know, any attributes about the card. And this makes it so that, you know, 90% of the information that you'd have to manually type in on other sites, we already have, you know, basically programmed into the site for you. So you really just need to say, you know, what do you want to charge for the card? What condition it is it? And how many do you have? And so, you know, with that bulk upload tool, we see that sellers are able to list over a thousand cards per hour. Uh, you know, we've seen some sellers even list over 25,000 cards, you know, over the course of about six hours in a day. Wow. So it's pretty amazing. Have you seen um, an increase in graded cards in your set or uh, is still a lot of raw cards? Yeah, so we've definitely seen an increase in graded cards. And, you know, that was kind of always one of the ideas that we had. We're obviously still primarily a lot of raw cards. As I said, we kind of got our foothold in the lower end of the market, you know, to my uh, enjoyment when it comes to shopping on the site myself. Yep. But, you know, that that was really something that we wanted to do as well is to kind of build our way up and build our trust in the community. So. You know, we've seen a lot more graded cards start to be listed on the site. And I think a lot of that as well as we start to get more unique buyers that are coming to the website that are looking for different stuff. And so, you know, there's still kind of niches within buysportscards.com that aren't filled. And we see sellers for graded cards for, you know, whether it be different grading companies, different grades, different sports, uh, they kind of find a foothold in where there's an opportunity for them and not a lot of competition on certain cards. And that's where we've kind of seen the graded cards start to trickle in. One of the things that I see on, uh, you know, when I when I go to your competitor, we'll say uh, e eBay Bay, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 shipping uh, fees are just all over the place. One one guy will charge 
75 cents for shipping one guy will charge seven dollars for shipping and it doesn't there doesn't seem to be a consistency to it is that something you've built into yeah your marketplace yeah so one of the things is with us not being a consignment site us being more of a peer-to-peer -peer site like an ebay uh, each seller has their own inventory stored with them so we allow them to set their own shipping rates you know one of the things that we're really proud of is besides ebay buysportscards.com is the only site and only marketplace that actually has built-in shipping labels that are able to be purchased. And so um, even above and beyond that, we also, uh, since last time I was on, introduced what we call the BSC standard envelope, which is basically the equivalent offering to what eBay has, which is a tracked letter that's yep. less than a dollar. And so that's a really big thing with us being kind of on these lower end of the market is wanting to keep shipping costs low, but not wanting to sacrifice, you know, safety and the ability to track and you know, make both the buyer and the seller feel secure about the transaction. And so, you know, yeah, you'll see definitely that people set different rates. We have recommended rates based on, you know, the postage that we offer, but we allow everybody to kind of do what they feel is best because as you know, uh, you know, not everybody ships the same way. The processes can be different and we want yeah. them to kind of make sure that their time and money is well spent. We're speaking with Connor Walden. Connor is founder and CEO of buysportscards.com, buysportscards.com. There's no uh, seller fee on buysports.com, so you just list your cards. And they also have a cool um, tool that lets you list a lot of cards in a short period of time. Um, transactions, obviously, are secure. There's built-in shipping stuff. It's a really great place for sellers, but also for buyers as well. Um, one of the, the neat things that you guys post on social media is the hot the hot uh athletes the hot the hot cards the guy the guys that are getting the most cards sold on your on your marketplace do you see mm -hmm. it does that give you a good trend of what's going on in the hobby when when you uh when you're on that report yeah definitely one of the things that i really you know as a collector and somebody that is just interested in how the market works uh it's like i've got a lot of data at my hands and a lot of different things that we can kind of do behind the scenes and it's really interesting you start to see whether it be people having big games whether it's sports going in out and out of the playoffs, um, you know, new season starting, you start to get an idea of what's front of mind for the collector, you know, in an aggregate way. And so it's really interesting to kind of see how that manifests into sales on the website. And you know, as you can imagine, you know, this last month, baseball's obviously been front of mind for a lot of collectors. You know, there's it's interesting because a lot of people think that baseball cards and baseball in America is kind of dead in terms of the passion for it, but you know, we're able to really see that, you know, when opening day came around, there's just a lot of excitement. And it's just really interesting to be able to see kind of, depending on the time of year and depending on what's going on, how the cards are moving. You recently attended the Mint Collective in Las Vegas. Did you guys have a booth there? So I didn't have a booth. I was kind of making my way around. You know, one of the things that I think at an event like that, it's like you want to talk to a lot of people. And so sometimes the booth can be um, almost like an anchor where you've got to stay in a certain area. So for me, it was best to just kind of stay moving around so that I could hit all the other booths and kind of catch, you know, store owners and people that are selling on our website as they, you know, walked around the event or were coming in and out of different panels. But it was a great show. What is what was the kind of the, the buzz about the show in terms of, of the hobby, in terms of anything new that's on, on the horizon that we might see in, in a couple months? And I'm not saying from uh, buysports.com, but just in the hobby in general, you know, I'm sure fanatics and Panini were, were, were on the forefront of everyone's mind. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of rumors and things that kind of swirl around, whether that be from the smaller businesses to the kind of the behemoths in the industry. I think one of the things that I noticed, um, which I think I'm excited about, there was a lot of honesty within the businesses um, in the community kind of about what the market's going through, but there was a sense of hope. 
Um, you know, that the, the market's kind of here to stay. And while some people have left and prices have come down um, in certain parts of the market, uh, there's still an excitement. There's still companies that are building stuff. And, you know, it was, I was glad to hear that because that's what our business is doing. We still see, you know, a future for the market and, you know, from different panel to panel, we went to or whether individual conversations I had, you know, people acknowledge kind of the reality of the situation now, but, you know, we're excited to see where things are going. And we kind of think we may be turning a curve on some of this stuff. Uh, you're obviously seeing you're in still a growth mode. Um, are you seeing growth in, in specific sectors? Like, you know, is is basketball still a a, a big draw for, for uh, people that are in your marketplace? Or are there any any other up and coming sectors that, that you uh, that surprise you? Yeah, I would say one of the ones, you know, that surprised me a little bit because I, I collect baseball, but not pro as my primary sport. Um, and I would say that, like I said before, kind of the narrative that baseball is dead and that the younger generation doesn't care about baseball, I think misplaced. I actually see quite a bit of kind of growth and a resurgence within baseball. Uh, you mentioned basketball as well. I think that's one that's gotten hit a lot with the prices, but we do see kind of a younger demographic going towards basketball. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of surprises me quite a bit is if you start to look kind of outside of the big four sports, uh, whereas you get into some of the racing, the MMA, um, you know, wrestling, tennis, wrestling, things yeah. like that. Yeah. You, you start to see that there really are kind of these niche audiences that you may not realize it from, you know, a 30,000 foot view, but I do see like a lot more cards being listed wrestling. Like you mentioned is one specifically with WrestleMania and other stuff that's been going on recently. We see that there's actually quite a bit of collectors in those markets. So I'm glad to see that the product offerings are starting to expand for them. Do you think the fanatics into the marketplace is going to uh, spur that even more where um, not the core four, but these other sports, you know, maybe even pickleball, you know, you don't, you don't know yeah. what's going to be the next, the next thing, but uh, do you think that's helped uh, expand the trading card market or it's going to help expand the trading card market? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, I think that there's a logical connection between people that, you know, watch sports, people that are buying memorabilia to cards, if those are, you know, not a crossover that they've currently made. And I think one of the things you've seen with fanatics that they've really been able to flex is some of the relationships with different leagues or with, you know, different owners or different entities uh, that support some of these different sports. So, you know, I'm optimistic that they're going to continue to offer um, great products and hopefully start to expand some of the offering, because I think that sometimes the limited offerings for different sports may be one of the limitations. You know, if there's not a lot of exciting new stuff coming out for wrestling, maybe that limits somebody's interest in dabbling in it, whether they watch it or not. So I think that if they keep kind of pushing the envelope in some of these different areas, you may see more people flock to them if they start to see cooler products come out of them. You look, you know, look back at a year since we last spoke, um, what has surprised you most about our hobby and um, what has surprised you most about by sports cards.com that you really didn't they see see something coming either either good or bad yeah so i would say it's kind of overlaps one of the things is being in the community you definitely see how passionate people are in the way in which they support businesses that they believe in and that's been something that's been you know really um exciting for us and i think it's something that i take a lot of you know appreciation in terms of the community because this is a business that i did self-fund and i've been self-funding um, and we've really seen that there's people out there that believe in the mission of what we're doing. You know, they collect kind of the same cards that I do. They're interested in the same part of the market that I am. And whenever they kind of rally to support us and offer great suggestions and continue to spread the word, 
Uh, I think that's one of the beautiful things about the hobby. You know, a lot of the times I feel like the spotlights put on some of the negativity or the people that are, you know, doing nefarious things, whether it be trimming cards or ripping people off. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the things that, you know, impresses me with running a marketplace is most of the people that are in this are in it because it's something that brings joy to their life. It helps tie them to current or past events that have meaning to them or past, you know, teams and players that have meaning to them. And there's really just not as much of uh, the kind of ripping people off or doing negative things. We don't see that on our marketplace. And I think sometimes in today's society, that's a good thing to be reminded of is that, you know, people are generally good and we're all kind of in this because we love it. And, you know, not to get too caught up in some of the headlines you see on the social media. Sure. Do you see, um, what do you see uh, changing or being added to you, to the marketplace uh, for the rest of 2023 and into the the um, the national coming up, what what are some of the changes we can see expect to see from uh, buy sports cards? Yeah, so we're really kind of at an inflection point. We had really our gr building of the website, and then we had things that we wanted to add, whether that be the bulk upload, the standard envelope. Uh, we introduced the shipping tiers, which allowed sellers to set rates based on order size. You know, now we're looking at a few different potential expansions for us. Uh, one of the ones we've been kicking around is uh, introducing an app. Um, I think that that's a really big and nice thing that we can do because it allows sure. us some flexibility in terms of notifications and kind of specializing the experience for a user. Um, you know, users have been very interested in adding watch list, you know, and alerts for certain things. You know, if there's cards that aren't on the websites or maybe it's not at a price point they want, if that's something that we could introduce to send them notifications when those pop up or when the price is right. Uh, that's something we're also in consideration of doing. Uh, the other thing as well, which, you know, is more on the back end for us, but there's been a lot of automation that we've built into the website. You know, as we start to grow more and more users and having a small team and not having any sort of revenue stream from the business <laughs> directly, you know, we've got to be creative in automating processes because it can't be so hands-on manually. And so that's been a lot of the kind of cleanup stuff we've been doing on the back end to make sure that, you know, we're in a good position for this next stage of growth. Um, but I think between kind of the app, the watch list, um, on the back end for sellers, we have some ideas for pricing uh, to kind of allow them to, you know, match lowest prices in a really effective way and kind of do mass updates to their listing. That's the kind of stuff we're eyeballing now and kind of seeing how we can move resources around to best tackle those issues. Do you envision having trading be, being a, uh, available so that a, a buyer comes in and, and is looking for a card? You know, you're looking for a, a you know a 1975 Bob Your card, and, and but you want to you'd rather trade as opposed to purchase it. Is that mm -hmm. something you see uh, eventually happening on the site? Yeah, it's something that I could see happening. It's not on our immediate path, but one of the things, like I said, that has really been um, reintroduced kind of the front of our mind, especially lately, is just the community aspect mm -hmm. of the hobby. And so that's something where we've also discussed things, you know, whether that be more content tailored towards, you know, information about what's selling on the website, what's going on in the market uh, in terms of articles and things like that. We've looked at ways that, you know, buyers and sellers can communicate, doing things with their collection, things along those lines. So it's not an immediate thing that we would like to add, but it's something that I do see a lot of value in myself as a collector and Hopefully we can get to the point where buysportscards.com is not just a marketplace, but it's more of a, a community where people can interact. And if trading is kind of their preferred method of, you know, gathering their collection, then I'd like to be able to offer something along those lines at some point. We're speaking with Connor Walden. Connor is founder and CEO of buysportscards.com. That's buysportscard.com. 
cards.com all one word um he they have a great it's a great marketplace where you can buy and sell cards there's no seller fee which is unbelievable that he, he still gets still has that going no seller fee on their site you can uh list your cards for sale really fast and, and they, they have a, a great tool to uh, list your cards and it offers secure transactions built-in shipping all sorts of other cool stuff if you follow them on their social media buy sports card cards.com you'll see they they always run a popular players report which is uh, one of my favorite things that you guys do connor i really enjoy that uh you, you, you go into the national do you, you guys have a booth at the national this year yeah so we're not going to have a, a booth at the national this year it was kind of as you, i'm sure you know the last couple of years has been tough to kind of get your foot in the door and yep you know one of the things that we always kind of have to juggle is where to where to best spend the money in terms of outreach and you know, a lot of the shows, I've really seen a lot of benefit being able to be on the floor. Uh, I feel like you get a different sense of what's going on when you're walking around. It's always really interesting to see different parts of the rooms have a real sure. different perception of what's going on in the market, what's going on at the show. So I've kind of seen a benefit at that point. I haven't, uh, quote unquote, settled down yet. We're kind of still a fl pretty fluid business and, and trying to make our rounds that way. What are you working on in your personal collection? Yeah, so I've uh, I've still been trying to tackle my uh, 2004 Upper Deck Power Upset. Um, so I've been able to actually finish the base and the kind of the hundred point cards. Awesome. And I'm starting. Yeah, I'm starting. There's a there's the base set, and there's really four different parallel sets. I've knocked one of them down. I'm almost done with the the second of them. Uh, so that's always kind of my main PC that I'm always looking for things for. Um, I've really been kind of getting back into stuff that I collected though growing up, which is typically 2004 to 2006 sets. Um, you know, whether that be like Ultra, Fleer Ultra, um, you know, Donra Studio, yeah. um, you know, Bazooka. I mean, they're not the expensive sets by any means, but that's the stuff that I remember opening as a kid. Um, you know, whether it be kind of the smell of the cards, the design of the cards, you know, the information on the back. I loved always looking at player stats and kind of learning about players that way. You know, that's the stuff that really um, grounds me. I think an important thing when you build a hobby business is sometimes if it starts to be too much of a business and not enough of a hobby, uh, it starts to kind of sour your experience. And so I've really been going back to my roots on where I got my start, the things I like to collect. And it kind of keeps me remembering why I'm doing this and, and what brings me the most joy about sports cards in general. What's your thought on some of the newer releases? Do you have a, a favorite set that you collect on, the, on some of the newer releases? Yeah, so I think the set actually recently that I've really liked, I really like the uh, 2003 Tops Big League set that came out here mm -hmm. within the last month. Uh, you know, one of the things I like about that set is it reminds me of the sets that I opened as a kid. You know, it's it's one of those sets where the packs are about two or three dollars, you know, not two or three hundred dollars per pack. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, interesting and colorful parallels. Uh, you know, you've got like the big leaguers where you've got yeah. the interesting kind of cartoon designs. And that, like I said, with Bazooka and some of the other sets that I used to collect, it's like that's what, you know, I fell in love with cards with those kind of sets. And so seeing those kind of sets be introduced at a you know, attractive price point where you can get a box for about $45, $50 for about 18 packs. You know, I know that there's some kids out there like me that are going into the gas station or going to the <laughs> department store and, you know, they're getting those for good grades or for having a good game. And hopefully that's hooking them the same way that I got hooked. So I, I love to see sets like that. Do you keep track of um, the demographics of the, the your registered users? And is the, mar is the, uh, mar is that market, shifted at all in terms of, of skewing, skewing younger or older male, female, are you keeping track of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So one of the things is we're definitely predominantly uh, male, but I've been actually pretty impressed uh, with how many, you know, females are using the website. Um, you know, it's, it's not, 
anywhere near half and half, but it's, it's a pretty big percentage compared to what the perception I think would be, um, you know, and they're actually in a lot of cases, some of the more active users. So we, we see that both with buyers and sellers. So we're glad to, to see and promote that. Um, one of the things is you definitely do get all age demographics on the site. What I would say that I think that I'm most encouraged by is you start to even see older demographics collecting newer cards mm -hmm. and you see the younger demographics collecting older cards. And I think that that's something that's exciting because it shows that there's a market for this stuff for a long time. I mean, I think that there's been a worry that, you know, is the 52 mantle going to be something that people care about 25 years from now? But, you know, we see a lot of younger people with the excitement about the big sales. They start to look at these older sets. And I feel like I've been kind of the same way as you start to dig into these you know, 50s and 60s top sets, and you'd see the beautiful designs. And, you know, there's a part of Americana there. And we're excited to kind of see that not only do we have all age demographics, but we see that all age demographics kind of, they don't stay within one year of cards. They, you know, go kind of up and down uh, the history of sports cards. So that's been something that's really impressed me, but it's, it's an exciting thing, I think, for the market long term. Yeah. And I think if you, you, you go to shows, you can see the the shifting in the demographics i think it's not yeah. not a bunch of 50 year old guys and 60 year old guys trading cards there's a lot of youngsters and kids college age kids and in uh families and, and a lot of women when you you look around the people that, that are at the national it's a it's a it's a nice uh mix of, uh, from a, a collector's group don't you think oh yeah i think it's a it's a really diverse group um, and, you know, I'm a 26 year old guy, so I'm really a product kind of of the hard work that collectors like yourself and the people listing, you know, keeping the hobby moving forward for a long time. Uh, you know, I know there was a lot of younger people that kind of got into the market with NFTs and other stuff, but I really, you know, view myself as just kind of a, a, a cardboard collector. You know, I like the cheap stuff. I like to build sets. And, uh, you know, I'm excited that people carried the torch for a long time. And I hope that, you know, kind of my generation does the same thing and is able to welcome the next generation in the way that you know we were welcomed in guys if you're looking for a specific card or you just want to want to uh cruise around and, and, like you're at a trade at a show and you want to look look for some cool cards the, the site is buysportscards.com buysportscards.com they have all sorts of new uh stuff right on the homepage. you know all the new cards that have been listed hot cards that have been that are, that are available to buy it doesn't cost you anything to join just put in your name your name and password and you're, you're up and running and, and you can buy it to your heart's contender. If you want to sell, you can also sell. There's no seller fee, which is unbelievable. No seller fee still. So check it out. It's buysportscard.com. They have uh, 6.4 million cards, almost six and a half million cards listed. They have thousands of users. So it, it's grown uh, incrementally in the last year or so. Uh, Connor Walden is this CEO and founder of buysportscards.com. You can follow them on social media, right? You're on Instagram. You're yep. on Twitter. You're yep. on uh, where else are you? Yep. So we're on, we are on Facebook, YouTube? Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. We kind of try to check all the boxes that anybody could be. So it's everyone's under buy sports cards. Buy sports cards. Check it out, guys. Connor, thank you. It was nice catching up with you. I, 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 you guys are doing awesome. Do we have to wait 10 million? Is 10 million going to be the number next time? Hey, I'm I'm available whenever you want. I love talking <laughs> to you, but yeah, I'm excited. I think hopefully before the national here, maybe shortly thereafter, if we keep moving, we might get to that 10 million number. So exciting things to come for buysportscards.com. All right, guys, check it out. Buysportscards.com. It's a fabulous site. Connor, you're uh, great to talk to. I love catching up with you and finding out all the cool stuff that's happening on buysportscards.com. Anything else you want to add before I let you go? 
Nope. I just really appreciate what you do. You know, you do a great column, like you said, about the TTM stuff. I love the podcast. I listen to it kind of every week of the new guests that come on. So glad to be back and look forward to being on again soon. All right, my friend. We will see you in Chicago. Yep. See you there. All right. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, Collex. Looking up the values of trading cards can be a chore, but now there's an app that makes getting the market price as simple as snapping a photo. The app is called Collex, C-O-L-L-X, and it's free in the App Store and in Google Play. After you scan your cards and get the values, you can build out your collection, list cards for sale, and make deals with other Collex users to buy and sell cards. Now you can get $10 towards your first card purchase and collects Marketplace. Just send me an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll get you a $10 coupon. Get collects today. It's free and get $10 towards your first card purchase. Just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and make sure you put $10 in your subject line. Well, Drew, Connor's a young young kid, young guy, and uh, he brings a lot of enthusiasm uh, to the hobby. And it's nice to see... Uh, young guys succeed in the hobby, don't you think? It absolutely is. I mean, it's been, this hobby's been going on for what? Heavily for like 70 years now, since at least the 50s and the you know, current size of cards and everything like that. And we've got to have somebody to keep on carrying on the torch. So the, the younger generations get involved. It definitely shows that there's, there's still interest there. The hobby's still healthy and hopefully it'll carry on just as long. Right. And now, guys, if you want to be featured in, in Collector's World, we love to talk to collectors, people, guys that are passionate about collecting. All you have to do is send an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we'll get you on the show because we love to talk to guys that, you know, you don't you don't have to have the 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 two million dollar collect collection. If you know there's something you're specializing in, uh, you know, even like, you know, Drew likes indoor indoor soccer. If, if Drew wasn't a host of the show, we would definitely have him on the show to talk indoor soccer cards. And that's kind of the guys we're looking for. Right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, any kind of small niche in the hobby, you don't have to be, you know, the guy with 10,000 different Ken Griffey Jr. cards. If you've got some little corner of the hobby that's your interest tell us about it we'd love to hear it yep send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll get you on the show all right drew i think that wraps up collector's corner next up is we've got making the grade making the grade is sponsored by certified sports guarantee go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win have you graded your sports cards with CSG yet? There's no better time than now. Every authenticated sports card arrives in the hobby's best holder. CSG is known for their expertise, integrity, and world-class service. Get your sports cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Making the grade. Well, we got April. We finally f- finished off April. We have some April grading numbers to report. These numbers come from our friends at gemrate.com, right? Gemrate.com. They're the ones that, yep. that provide all the, our great uh, grading numbers. Overall grading had declined uh, 4% versus March uh, in April. Uh, PSA graded 1.22 million cards. They were flat versus March and they were up uh, 48% over year over year. SGC graded 94,000 cards. They were down 22% first March, uh, but they were up 1% year over year. CGC, this is just CGC, not CSG, because they're um, 
reporting has been they've had some uh, technical problems and the, the, the reporting has been down. But CGC created 57,000 cards. They were down 30%, 32% versus March, down 19% year over year. And Beckett, they created 56,000 cards. They were down 21% versus March, and they were down 29% year over year. So overall, grading has been slowed down a little, and I think we kind of all expected that, right, Drew? Yeah, I mean, that tends to happen around this time. I mean, you don't have any sales going on from any companies at all. You've got, uh, you know, teams bowing out of the playoffs over in the NHL and the NBA. NFL is, of course, you know, we've got the draft, but that's not going to get a whole lot of interest in grading cards of current players. So you got to ride on just baseball alone in there, and that, yeah, that can carry it for a little bit, but not uh, not too heavily. No, I know. Well, Drew, we have some really uh, interesting numbers from PSA. Yeah, we found out what the most graded card was in April by PSA. So collectors out there to think about that. I'm going to come back to that here to give you the answer on that. See if you can guess who it was, though. But in the meantime, while you think about that, a list of the top 10 most graded players by all the companies. Michael Jordan came in number one, 18,200 cards of his graded. Second was Julio Rodriguez, a nice even 14,000. Third, Shohei Otani, 11,500 cards of his graded. Trevor Lawrence came in fourth, and LeBron James fifth, each of them around the 8,000 card range. Following that up, you get Tom Brady at 7,600, Joe Burrow at 7,400, Ken Griffey Jr. at 7,300, excuse me, 7,300, Kobe Bryant at 7,200, and Patrick Mahomes at 6,200. And if you guessed for the most graded card in April by PSA as being the 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. card, Congratulations, you win nothing but a uh, job pat well on done on yeah, that one. But that was there. On the back. <laughs> exactly, yes, pat yourself on the back for that. But that comes out to one out of every thousand cards basically graded by PSA in the month of April was that 1989 Upper Deck Griffey. You know, it's nice to see that there's uh, three baseball guys on it and um, a, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of basketball guys in football. It kind of, it, it, it really, there's a good mix of, of guys, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you're going to see that quite a bit now. I mean, you've seen basketball cards experience this exponential growth over like the last two decades. Football has always been kind of up there. Baseball's kind of typically held the top spot there. So good to see those three. We need to get some hockey up there though. That's, that's the big thing. I think we got to, we got to add some, uh, we got to get Mario Lemieux up into that top 10 at some point. Yep. Yeah. Gretzky or, or uh, I don't know, pick, pick a guy. <laughs> this guy's yeah. that. Bob Yor. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that 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 gives us some April numbers. Now let's look at uh, the big three, Drew. The big three. Yeah. This week's big three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. That's from our friends at Gemrate. Gemrate provides us um, statistics, exclusive statistics, rating, uh, grading from one week to the next. So, uh, grading was down 11% last week over, over the previous week, which is, uh, it's a big number, Drew. I think that's a big number. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a little surprising to see that drop there. But, you know, we've mentioned before, it's not a huge surprise, though, either. Well, the three risers, the three the, the three guys that had, had the biggest uh, upswing were Jokic. Jokic uh, had, was up 22%. And, of course, they're doing great in the playoffs, so that that's no doubt. Jackie Robinson was up yep. 9%. It was his anniversary, right? Wasn't it his anniversary last week and they were all wearing 42? 
Yeah, middle of April. I think it's April 15th, actually, on tax day is the uh, exact day. Yeah, so I think that's why he was up. And Tiger Woods was up 2%, and I'm not quite sure why he, uh, you know, maybe just some, maybe somebody submitted a bunch of, a lot of Tiger Woods cards that week. And as we said, uh, yeah. the 89 Upper Deck Griffey was up 87% over the previous week, so that's pretty cool. Drew, who are the droppers? Biggest fallers this week, we've got a 66%, a two-thirds decrease in cards of Jose Canseco getting graded. Not sure how he would have made the kind of jump there to cause that drop or anything, but eh, who knows? Maybe there's a bunch of people getting his 86 rookies signed or something like that. Uh, Rafael Devers dropped 64%, and uh, Alexander Ovechkin feeling the pinch of not making the playoffs, a 59% drop in his cards getting graded. Yeah, one other thing, Drew, that I saw, um, SGC is um, having a sale again, nine $9 for 2023 Bowman cards, which is... Uh, a good deal. So I just saw that. It would just pass that information along to everyone. And I think that wraps up making the grade. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I think so. All right. Next up is TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Drew, why do we do stamp of approval? Just gives us a chance to talk about whatever we want to uh, give a plug to here from if it's something we did this previous week, if it's something we really like, anything like that, you know, throw it out there and show that, hey, we do have interest besides just sports stuff. <laughs> very, very, very loose interest, but we do have interest, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you want to do yours first? I can do so, yes. So right, uh, why don't you do yours my approval? Yeah, so my stamp approval for this week, uh, back in the year 2000, I was in high school. And I spent three weeks in Australia as an exchange student, mostly in Tasmania. And uh, the, I went to my first ever Australian Football League game, been a fan ever since. And uh, after 30 years of trying, after rejections of at least seven formal proposals, after getting passed up in favor of, of uh, Fremantle, Port Adelaide, Gold Coast, Greater West Sydney, and a Fitzroy-Brisbane merger, after having to refuse Sydney's potential move, and after losing its VFL squad, and after playing as a host as a second city to three different AFL squads, the state of Tasmania is finally going to get an AFL and AFLW team. They have been approved as the 19th member club for the league. Once they get a 20th team figured out, they'll finally expand formally. should happen about 2028 or so. But Tasmania has finally been granted admission into the Australian Football League. Drew, okay. can, can I make an analogy? I think Tasmania yes. is kind of lost, like Las Vegas for baseball. Right, because Las Vegas. For how long? Long have we been hearing that Las Vegas is going to get a, a major league baseball team? Right. Oh yeah, for at least twenty five years there. At ever least. since the A's played a few games. Ever since the A's had to play a few games over there when uh, when the uh, Oakland Field there was undergoing its football expansion. So yeah. Yeah, when they're gonna they're gonna finally get it. So congratulations, Tasmania. What are they gonna be called? Do we know the Tasmanian Devils? Uh, they don't know yet. Tasmania Devils is the most popular choice that everybody wants, but. Warner Brothers owns the rights to that name, so it's not known if they're going to uh, pay to be able to use that or not. So they, I would guess at this point they probably will not. They're going to put it out to a vote of the fans and everything. But, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think their colors – I think they're probably going to stick with the colors that the Tasmanian State football team has used. So that's going to be like uh, kind of a dark green and dark red together with a little bit of gold on the trim there. So nice colors. I definitely like how, they're, uh, how the state uh, jerseys have looked. So hopefully they keep something similar to that. And, I'd like if they'd go with the Devils, but I kind of doubt they're going to be able to get to. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to afford it, and I don't think Warner Brothers is going to yeah. give that up readily to you. 
Right. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. All right. Well, that was Drew's stamp of approval. My mine is is uh, very timely. And uh, May fourth, May the fourth be with you is is, is a great tie, and I don't know who came up with it, but it, I just love it. Uh, all, TNT and TBS were showing all the Star Wars episodes. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. I actually, Drew, I actually saw Star Wars in the movie theaters in 1977. That's how old I am. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I love the 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 first one, New Hope. I watched it again yesterday. Uh, I was very happy. I, I, it's still a good show. Yeah, uh, it's still a good movie. My fun, the funniest thing in Star Wars, and, and I have you seen the Family Guy when they spoof Star Wars? Yes, yes. It's so funny. I love the the um the Cantina scene where they they play that same song all over again because they only know one song, and stuff. Yep. They bust on it in, in um in Family Guy. But I also love that um old Ben Kenobi. He, he, that's his, that's his moniker that he's hiding under. For Obi-Wan Kenobi, like no one's going to know that old Ben Kenobi yep. and Obi-Wan Kenobi are one and the same person. Yep. That's the best. But yeah, are you a Star Wars guy? A little bit more so than like uh, Star Trek or any of the other uh, sci-fi things. Not like a huge, huge fan or anything, but I did have like some of the toys in the 90s when they had the, uh, when they did the, not the remakes, but the, I guess kind of refurbished editions or whatever. They, uh, when that made it come back in the 90s, I picked up some of the toys when I was a kid there, but didn't get super heavily into it though. Yeah, I was never. My brother was more into the collecting of the cards and the the uh, yeah. paraphernalia, memorabilia, and stuff. But I really, I'm gonna my uh, TTM cast stamp approval goes to May the fourth in Star Wars. So that is my TTM cast stamp of approval. All right, Drew. We got next up. What do we got next up, Drew? We got the, the Vern Rap minute. minute. The Vern Rap minute. is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rapp, who passed away prior to me sending out a bunch of, uh, I said a bunch of a TTM requests to him. We do this as a service to our fellow TTMers, so they're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to somebody who, who's no longer with us. So we run down the people that have passed away in the world of sports and celebrity today. We just really stuck with the sports because that we, unfortunately, we had a lot of people. Uh, we lost Lance Blanks. Lance Blanks played for the Detroit Pistons and the Timberwolves. He was the first round pick of Detroit in 1990. He was a guard out of Texas. He actually ended up being the general manager of the Phoenix Suns from 2010 to 2013. Uh, he did not do TMs. TTMs. Uh, Lance Blanks was only 56 years old. Uh, we lost Peter Klima the other day. Hockey player was uh, came into the NHL in 1985 with the Detroit Red Wings. That's why he wore 85, the year that he defected from uh, Czechoslovakia. Went on to play with Edmonton, where he won a Stanley Cup in 1990. Also with the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the LA Kings. Played a year with my Cleveland Lumberjacks in the IHL as well. A 13-year NHL veteran. Played 786 games, scored 313 goals, and uh, 
Jeff and I were talking about this off the air. He had the game-winning goal in the longest playoff game in NHL history as well. Right, Cleveland played in the NHL from 1985 to 1997. It was an excellent TTMer, especially if you could uh, get some check stamps and mail over to him over there as he moved back to the country recently. His last success even was just April 20th, so you know, two weeks ago or so. I was actually planning on mailing out to him soon. Peter Klima was 58 years old. Drew, there's not, not many people that pass, and out of respect, but I would boo Peter Klima. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do not like I did not like Peter Klamer when he was when he was a player for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the goal against the Bruins there, and he could be a tough guy to play against too. I mean, he was one of those uh, wasn't much yeah. of like a fighter, super physical guy, but he'd get a little bit chippy. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Hey, we lost Tori Bowie. Uh, Tori Bowie uh, was a 2016 Olympian. She was a three-time medalist. She won medals in the long jump, the 100, and the 200 meter. She was a, a, a great track star. Um, she did not do TTMs. Tori uh, Bowie was only 32 years old. Well, let's see here. We lost Ben Tompkins this week. Uh, ben was an NA- NFL official. Also played minor league baseball with the Phillies So uh, before he became a... Uh, Referee in the NFL, spent 20 years in the NFL as a back judge. Also worked two Super Bowls in that time. Ben Tompkins was 93 years old. We lost another Olympian. Uh, Ralph Boston was a long jumper. He won three medals of gold, silver, and bronze. He was in uh, three, I think, two or three Olympics. He was, I know he was in in the uh, Mexico City Olympics. He was in the Rome Olympics, um, Summer Olympics. He was was a a great um, long jumper. We lost Ralph Boston. He was 83 years old. Uh, Mike Shannon died this week, also age 83, played, of course, with the Cardinals as uh, kind of a utility guy, both the infield and the outfield from 1962 to 1970. After uh, retiring as a player, he went into the radio booth and spent 1972 through 2001, nearly 40 years, or actually nearly 50 years, as a radio broadcaster there with the Cards. Excellent TTMer as well. As I said, Mike Shannon was 83 years old. Yeah, I think he he got uh, he got some type of disease, and I think that's why he had had to retire in 1970s, okay. like a kidney disease or something, and that's he yeah, had to that retire right. early. Uh, but he he played his he basically spent his whole career in, in St. Louis, and I'm sure he is well respected and well loved in St. Louis. We lost uh, Larry Gator Rivers. Larry Gator Rivers played for the Harlem Globetrotters. He was a player and a coach from 1970 to nine, 1973 to 1988. He was not a TTMer. Larry Rivers was 74 years old. Uh, we lost Sonny Gordon this week. Uh, Sonny was an NFL and CFL player, a defensive back, played for the Tampa Bay Bucks in 1987, and then went on to play up in Canada after that. Uh, he's had ALS, one of several NFL players to have uh, succumbed to that disease here recently. Not a TTMer. Sonny Gordon was 57 years old. And lastly, we lost uh, out of the University of Miami and Buffalo Bills, uh, Speedy Neal. I don't know if that was his real name or not. I hope it was his real name and not his nickname. <laughs> Speedy Neal was a running back. He played 12 games with the Bills in 1984. He he just had one TTM in 2020, so he wasn't much of a TTMer. Speedy Neal was 60 years old. Well, Drew, that wraps up um, the Burn Rap Minute. Our uh, sympathy and condolences goes to anyone that lost anyone. Um, we are sorry for your loss. Drew, next up, we're going to talk a little TTM returns. Was yep. our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Yes. You want to go? Did you have a bunch this week? I started out great and I kind of dried up after that, but I did get nine in this week. So oh, that's uh, pretty I can good. rattle those off. Yeah, yeah. I can rattle those off here if you want before and then do yours yeah, after that if you like. Cool. 
All right. So on, uh, let's see, this would have been on Friday when, cause we uh, recorded the show early on Friday there. And so I hadn't yet gotten the mail. So I did get in Ken Anderson. I mentioned that was coming my way and it did come in, uh, signed one card in about a month. It's on his rookie card. So another one for my, uh, hopefully a hall of famer, uh, future hall of famer rookie card autographs there. I think he's still got a chance at some point. I'm uh, moving on to Saturday, the 29th, got Tony Herkus on, uh, took about two weeks for him. He is former NHL with several teams and is currently the coach up at, I think it was Concordia college in Minnesota. Took about a two week turnaround on that. Like I said, I uh, got Alan Peterson in as well, former defenseman for the Bruins, two weeks turnaround for him. Nice. I think he may have actually been the defensive partner of uh, Ray Bork during he the uh, 1980s. If I remember right. Yep. He was. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So let's see who else we got. Uh, Bob Joyce signed in two weeks as well. All three of those guys, Hercus Peterson and Joyce, are for the 88-89 uh, top set that I've started working on. And added one in for the 1972 baseball set as well. Tom Hutton signing one in about two weeks. He's on a uh, trio rookie card there that had uh, was Rick Miller and John Milner were the other ones on. I got Miller a couple weeks ago. Milner, unfortunately, died in 2001, so I've got that card about as complete as I'm ever going to get it. Uh, moving on to Monday, three more for the 88-89 Topps hockey set. Got Russ Courtnall. Barry Peterson and Reggie Lemelin. So a couple other former Bruins in there with a uh, Lemelin and what'd you run down the Bruins team and send them all out? Just about, I went through, I just looked through the uh, list on uh, sportscollectors.net and figured out, okay, who out of these guys will TTM? How many of them have, you know, TTM success in the last year? And yeah, there's just a bunch of Bruins right off the bat there with uh, Peterson, Joyce, uh, Lemelin and oh, uh, Barry yeah. Peterson who, Barry Peterson, in this case, he was with the Canucks in the set, went on to the Penguins, and then became a Bruin. I think he had two different stints with the Bruins. I think he started there and then finished there. But yeah, uh, he, got Court, traded, all course, he you know, got traded for Cam Neely, actually. Yes, he was part of the Neely trade, yep. But, uh, yeah, got those two. And then Russ Courtnall, of course, played with the Canadians, the Maple Leafs, uh, went to the Rangers later on in his career, bounced around a little bit. I think he was in Dallas for a bit, too. But each of those guys took about two weeks. And then on uh, May 2nd, one more Bruin to go along with that. He's now an assistant coach with the uh, St. Louis Blues, but Glenn Wesley signed the cards I sent him. Took about a month turnaround on those. So there you go. Nine in this week, and uh, what, five of them are from your Bruins there. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Very good. And I think, isn't, um, <laughs> didn't uh, Russ Cortnall, isn't he Jeff Cortnall's brother? Yes, they are brothers. Right, and Jeff Cortnall played for the Bruins. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, another, <laughs> uh, another connection right there as well. Pretty good. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. That's good job, Drew. I, yeah. I love. I love. I love getting hockey, guys. I got one hockey return, and, and the rest were football. So I'll quickly run down mine. I got uh, these are all 1983 tops. I, I've been going through 83 and 84 tops, sending them out. I got Michael Jackson, who played uh, middle linebacker for Seattle Seahawks on his 83 uh, set. He signed his name and number. Took a couple weeks. I got Gary Barbaro, who was a, it's a pro. It's a Pro Bowl card and he is in the kansas city chief hall of fame he's he was number 26 he signed his name and his um number in kansas city hall of fame he was a safety he signed his 83 tops card i got a couple dolphins i got don struck who was um dan marino's backup right he he, he played yep. forever in the nfl he was one of those guys that that held on to the clipboard forever right drew yeah he actually i think he spent a year with the browns late in his career as well yeah he he, he signed his 83 tops card for me in uh, blue Sharpie with his number. And then I got um, Don McNeil. Don McNeil was a cornerback and I just interviewed him for the, for the show. He's uh, going to have Don McNeil on the show in uh, a couple weeks. So we'll, we will, we'll have play my interview with Don McNeil. He actually won two national championships with um, 
Alabama in 1987, eight, no, 1978 and 79. And then he played for the Dolphins for 10 years as a cornerback. Wow. Uh, and so he played for Bear Bryant and Don Shula which was pretty cool. So we talked to him about that. And uh, so I, we're going to have, we're going to have, a, I have a great interview with Don McNeil from uh, the, from the Miami Dolphins. And he signed his 83 tops card for me and personalized it in a couple weeks. And then this one, I got two um, Terry Harper from the Detroit Red Wings. He was a defenseman yep. signed a great, nice. He has a really nice signature. He signed his 76 and 77 tops card, his 70. Let's see. That's his 70 his 77 tops card is actually pictured with Wayne Cashman from the Bruins. So that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. He, he was a captain with the Red Wings. He, he had a pretty good uh, career. He played with the Canadians, the Kings, and the Red Wings. Uh, and he started his career in 62. And I'm not sure when he retired, but I think he might have retired right around 77 or 78 because he, he, um, he played for a long time. He signed two cards for me and returned it in about, I don't know, three or four weeks. So. Uh, I love I love getting hockey cards back, especially the I love the seventies, the seventies hockey cards. Yeah, those are always great. I mean, so many of those guys are very willing signers as well. So it's yeah, those are always fun. And Harper is one of those guys. I mean, yeah, he was like I said, he was around forever. I mean, he was kind of riding shotgun with John Ferguson as being kind of the uh, second uh, second main fighter of the Canadians back in the sixties or so. He was just kind of the He's kind of the anti-Ferguson, though, for like every single fight that John Ferguson won, which is a lot of them for him. Harper would probably go out there and lose one. But I mean, he was, hey, he played forever. He's got his name on the cup several times. That's all I can really ask for. Yeah, he was. I remember him as being a tough SOB when he was playing. And but obviously he was yeah. a great signer. So that wraps up yeah. my returns. I, I, get, I just sent out 10 baseball, um, mostly 87 tops. Um, so I sent those out today. Uh, try hopefully the mailbox is full. I was kind of like you. I had a I had a big week at the beginning of the week, but then I just got one yesterday. So um, yeah. kind of it's been going in waves, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm All about right, to send out well, a whole bunch here up. as well. So. I was sorry, say, I've got a whole bunch I'm about to send out here as well. So I've got a yeah, like I said, I said to go pick up my Canadian stamps there, but I've got 32 envelopes addressed here. I just need to put the pen to the paper and write the actual letters for them. But I've actually, I've, I've got them ready to go at least once I get that done. So hopefully I have some of those coming back quick. All right, bud. Well, you ready to, you want to uh, wrap this thing up? Yeah, I think so. I think we've covered just about everything there. Right. Drew's like, please put this thing to bed already. <laughs> <laughs> you know what guys, sometimes the show, no problem. We've been doing this for, for now for two years together and I've been doing it for five years and we can do it with our hands behind our back and uh, our eyes closed sometimes, but sometimes it's tough to do. <laughs> yeah. So yep. we, we, we apologize, but I think, Joy, I think all in all, I think we did it. We had did a pretty good show. Yeah. We did about as well as we possibly could here with this, with not being able to see each other and a little bit of latency between the phone, uh, the phone uh, call in here. But I think we did about as well as we could considering all the circumstances. All right, but let's, okay, ready? We'll wrap it up. Yes. And this is how it ends. Hey, wrap uh, it on up. For, first, we want to thank Clemente Lise. We love Clemente. Clemente is great, and we, we enjoy having him on. Clemente, thank you very much for your input and continued support. I want to thank, thank Connor Walden from buysportscards.com for coming on. It was great to talk to him again and learn what's going on with his marketplace. 
want to thank Bob Weiss from, from the NBA, who was uh, a guest on our Wednesday show, our Teaching Cast one-on-one one -on -one Wednesday show. Uh, next Wednesday coming up, we have uh, Rich, Rich, Miller, Rich Miller. I'm going to get it out. Rich Miller from sportscollectorsdaily.com. Make sure you check out my article in sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's a weekly article usually posts on Tuesday or Wednesday. And Rich is going to come out and know what we're going to talk about, Drew, is we're going to talk about everything that's been going on with Fanatics and Panini and uh, PWCC and just all the, the, the news, like the business stuff. And get it, get his yeah, take on it. I think true. I think we need a Rich has been doing such a good job following the Panini and Fanatics mess. Yeah, there's he's had a lot of really great coverage on there. It's I mean it seems to have cooled off a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but I know there's uh, there's some stuff scheduled for the end of the month that could uh, fire it back up. All right, we'll, we'll watch for that. Also Saturday we got Jeff Parker from Card Cradle. Check out CardCradle.com, guys, because I have I have four card cradles that we're going to give away net we're going to give away on next saturday all right we're going to have a raffle next saturday to get a free card cradle we're going to have jeff parker come on talk to him talk to us about his new company and his new product check it out cardcradle.com that will be next saturday and we're going to have les wolf come on and talk to us about what's been going on in the hobby uh les is always giving great to give his two cents don't you think drew absolutely i mean like you said before we just toss it up and let him knock it out of the park and run around the bases a bunch. And yeah, just yeah. let him, let him run with it. I just toss it a lesson and then he hits home run. And I just laugh. <laughs> yep. All right, bud. Anything else you want to add before? I, I know you, we're going to hope that you get your internet back. Yeah, I think we're about covered as much as we can possibly get in here. I'm going to see if I can, see if unplugging and replugging the, uh, the uh, modem might help anything and go from there. But, yeah, I think that's about it for me. <laughs> All right, good luck. You have a great week, my friend. You going to any games? Uh, yeah, next weekend, actually. I'm heading out to uh, Frisco. We've got uh, the Wichita wind surge coming in, so I'll be going out to the game on Mother's Day uh, next Sunday. Oh, that's great. I'm actually go going to the Red Sox Friday night against the Cardinals. Nice, nice. So that'll be my first game of the year. So we got uh, – that's and then we got, got a couple interviews that I, that got scheduled. We'll, we'll have a big week, and hopefully my uh, Bowmans will come, and I can report on uh, on the cards I get in Bowman. So, guys, yep. thanks for sticking around. We love it, love having you. We appreciate it, guys. We wish you many happy returns, and we'll see you on Wednesday with Rich Miller from Sports Collectors Daily. Be good. Yeah.